wait a minute, I invite you to check out 1 Peter chapter number 5. 1 Peter 5 is going to be our focus today. And for those of you that may just be joining us, we've been talking about what it means to wait on God. All of us inevitably have had to wait on God, wait on a promise of His to come through, waiting on a breakthrough. We've all had to wait on God at different points and seasons in our life. And although we don't like to wait, we have been learning that wait a minute is one of the ways in which heaven answers our prayers. There's a few different ways that our prayers can be answered. Yes, and when we hear a yes from heaven, when God says yes, it means that immediately he's responding. Sometimes we get the answer no which means that prayer is not going to be answered because it means that it's not in our best interest and God knows something more than what we know. In the, in the words of the old Garth Brooks song, I thank God for unanswered prayers. And then there's a third way that sometimes God responds, and that is, wait a minute. And he responds like this for a few different reasons, but the most important is that God views time. God's perspective on time is substantially different than you and I. He moves a whole lot slower. And so the first week we talked about just because Jesus has been delayed doesn't mean that you've been denied. The second week we focused on just how slow he moves as we unpacked the three mile per hour God. And then last week we were challenge to find Jesus in the waiting because after all, Jesus is the pearl of great price. He's the treasure and it's worth selling all, getting rid of anything that we need to get rid of in order to obtain him. And if we can find Jesus in our waiting, well, then we have found the greatest gift of all. Today, I want to take a few moments and just go through a few different things that Peter talks to us about in 1 Peter chapter number 5. We're going to just break down this verse bit by bit by bit to uncover some truths that I hope will just fill your sails today with hope. Our church is all about hope and healing. We're about people and the presence and power of God. We want to see you come fully alive, flourish, and live fulfilled. So, 1 Peter chapter number 5 helps us to understand what it means to wait a minute. So this is what he says. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Pour out all of your worries and all of your stress upon him and leave them there. For he always tenderly cares for you. What a powerful passage of Scripture. In fact, maybe just that alone is speaking to your heart right now because maybe you are filled with worries and stress. And there's a lot to be worried and stressed out about. Good Lord, if it's not 90 degree weather, it's $5 a gallon in gas and so many other things. But we're admonished to pour out our worries and our stress to him. I hope that's what you're going to do today as we're learning about him, as we're coming near to him, as we're worshiping him. Just unload on him. But I've got to, as we're focusing on what it means to wait on God, I've got to 
remind someone today of four things out of 1 Peter chapter number 5. Look at, look at what the scripture says. He will eventually exalt you. He will eventually exalt you. I know that you're feeling low. I know you feel like you've reached a dead end and that there's no hope. Maybe you're facing some real despairing situations. But Peter says that Jesus is going to eventually exalt you. So that leads me to my first point today. Jesus has your best interest in mind and he plans to elevate you. You are not going to stay down forever. You're going to be on your feet again. You're going to smile again. You're going to sing again. You're going to feel joy again. He loves you. Jesus loves you. He has your best interest in mind, and he plans to elevate you. He's got a purpose for your life. He's got potential on your life. Listen, we every single month offer what's called launch. Launch is the next step that we want everyone to take, whether they're new to faith, new to our church, just checking us out. It's for everyone that's looking for more information about who we are, that's looking to get more involved. We want to show you in launch what your purpose really is, the potential that God's put on, on the inside of you. We want you to see that he has your best interest in mind and that he's going to exalt you and help you to really make your life matter. This is what Isaiah 64 and verse number four says, and it's from this that I base the entire focus of my message today. Isaiah says, For since the world began, no ear has heard, and no eye has seen a God like you. Listen, the God that we worship today, he is in a category all by himself. There is no one like him. And Isaiah said he is the one and he is the only. He is other. There's nothing and no one that's like him. No eye has seen a God like you who, notice, who works for those who wait for him. He is working for those who wait for him. I know you don't like to hear, wait a minute. I know you don't like to gear down and slow down. We don't like our lives to get put on pause, our aspirations, our dreams, our goals. But the Bible clearly promises us that God works for those who wait for him. And it's from that truth that I want to share with you today that the subject of this time together, waiting's never wasted. Waiting's never wasted. You feel like you're wasting your time because you're in hold, but waiting is never wasted. A couple of years ago, as our world was plunged into a pandemic and we were forced into quarantine, at that point in time, I had Waterview Church in my heart. Jesus had shared with me his heart and his vision for Lake Norman, for Mooresville, for Iredell County, for North Charlotte. And it was to, it was to, to launch, to begin, to plant 
a life-giving church that would make life matter for all people, where people would be fully alive, where they would flourish, and where they would live fulfilled. But that's all I had. It was just a dream. It was just a vision that, that the Lord had downloaded into my heart. I knew that in order to fulfill it, in order to make it a reality, there was going to be so much work, so much effort. I was new to the area. When I got here, I parachuted in. No relationships, no friends, no family, no contacts. We're here all alone. And then I'm forced into quarantine. It was the greatest, wait a minute, that has ever been stated to me in my entire life, and I'm sure it's true of you as well. But I determined as I was reading through the promise of Isaiah that God works for those who wait for Him and that our waiting's never wasted. I determined in my heart that I was not going to waste the quarantine, that I was not going to waste this great big pause that we were experiencing across our world. So I rolled up my sleeves and and I prepared. I did what was needed to be done in order to bring God's heart and vision to life. And what I didn't realize at the time was as I was waiting, as I was preparing, as I was developing, God was working because He always works for those who wait for Him. And when we came out of the pandemic, when we came out of the quarantine, we were able to launch Waterview Church in January of 2021. January 31st, we had our first weekend of services. And look at what God has done. Look at how we're growing. Look at how our family increases each and every week. It's because God works for those who wait. I want you to know today that your waiting season is never a wasted season. We are living proof, this church, the fact that you are engaging with us today, we are living proof that when God speaks a word over our life, whenever He makes a promise, He is going to watch over that. In the same way that a farmer drops seed in the ground and then watches over it, God is going to watch over that promise, that thing that He's wanting to do in your life until it comes to pass. And we all right now, even where you are in your situation, we are living in the fullness of God's provision because He is working and He is doing what is needing to be done. We may not see it and we may not realize it, but it's like one of my favorite worship songs says, even when I don't see it, He's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Never stop, never stop working. Never stop, never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Yeah, that's right. God is working And whatever you're trusting God for today, do not let the enemy talk you out of it. The second thing that I want to highlight to you here that that Peter writes to us is, he says, as you leave the timing in his hands. As you leave the timing in his hands. The second point that you need to take note of here today is that it's all about timing. It's all about timing. We've been learning that in this series. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verses number 1 and 11. 
the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, penned these words. And he said, there is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every matter under heaven. He has made everything appropriate in its time. It is all about timing. Just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It's just not yet time for it. That person you're praying for, that relationship that you're believing for, the child to come home and to reconcile with God and with his family, all of the things, they're going to happen. It's just not time. Peter says, leave the timing in his hands. Don't force it. Don't rush it. Don't go faster than the three-mile-per-hour God. It's all about timing. And then Peter says, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, and if you'll pour out all of your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. What's he telling us? That's the third point. And that is what we do in the wait is vital. So we've been talking about how sometimes God makes us wait and what it means when we're waiting. But Peter is reminding us as he talks about our need to bow low in his presence, our need to pour out our worries and our stress upon God and leave them there. He's letting us know that what we do in the wait is vital. And I cannot stress that enough here today to those of you that are in a waiting season. You know, impatience drives us to do foolish things. A lack of desire to wait will provoke us to step outside of the will of God and to take matters into our own hands. Look at the story of Abraham and his wife Sarah. They were promised that they were going to have a child. They were going to be the progenitors of an entire lineage. God said it's going to be like the sands on the seashore, like the stars in the sky. But they were getting old and they decided they were going to take matters into their own hands. They came up with a solution that caused them more problems than they ever dreamed possible. What we do in the wait is vital. In fact, while we wait, sometimes as a pastor, I have people asking me, what do I do while I'm waiting? And that's a good question. And during the waiting times in our relationship with Jesus, during the waiting seasons of our life, we need to take on the active role of a watchman. Now, a watchman is something that we don't really connect with or identify with here in our modern and contemporary culture. We don't really have a watchman per se, but it was a very important job back when the Bible was being written. In fact, we see this in Psalms 130 and verse number 5. It says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. So the psalmist is describing a waiting season. He's been told, wait a minute. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, declared the psalmist. I wait for Yahweh. I wait and I put my hope in his word. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen 
for the morning. In biblical times, watchmen vigilantly guarded their city. Most cities were surrounded by walls and the watchmen would sit up on top of the walls and they would act as scouts. They would act as lookouts. They watched for enemies who might attack at night, try to catch the city asleep, off guard, or by surprise. They waited for the sun to come up. And throughout the night, during their appointed time to be vigilant, they were alert and they were obedient. They were ready to respond when needed. They they were there. And when called upon, they would spring into action. If something would pop off, bam, they'd be ready. They'd make it happen. They were prepared. They were trained. They were on edge. But on the other hand, Although they were prepared, ready, watching, waiting, ready to spring to life. On the other hand, they could not make things happen and they did not make things happen. They couldn't control the rising of the sun. They couldn't force the dawning of a new day. A watchman knew the difference to to succeed in that role. A watchman had to know the difference between his job and God's job. It was, it was God's job to cause the sun to rise, to bring on a new day. It was God's job to, to make sure that things moved on as they should. It was the watchman's job just to wait and to be ready to stand vigilant. And so while there are many things you have no control over in your life, you can't force certain things to happen There are certain things you as a watchman can do. The first thing that you should be doing to make sure that waiting's never wasted is to pray while you wait. Take your heart, take your fears, take your anxieties, your burdens, all of the things that are weighing you down and take them to the Lord. Jesus gave us the ultimate invitation. He said, cast your cares upon me. I care for you. We're reminded that that He understands all of our sufferings. He understands everything that we face. So pray while you wait because prayer is powerful. Prayer is not just religious calisthenics. It's, It's not just going through some kind of a religious motion. Prayer moves the heart of God and prayer moves the hand of God. Pray while you wait. And if you're praying, Lord, hurry this process up. Lord, let's get through this as quickly as we can. Come on, change this circumstance. Change around what I'm going through. Maybe you're missing the point of prayer. Shift your prayer and pray, Lord, what am I supposed to be learning in this season? Lord, how can I prepare and develop for what you have for me next. You know, that's what the majority of us do when we pray. We pray to get out of what we're in. We pray to avoid it altogether or for him to expedite it. But what if we started praying, Lord, teach me what I need to learn. Create in me the necessary patience, the necessary gifts and abilities for the next season that you have for me in my life. So pray while you wait. And then another thing you need to do to make sure that waiting's never wasted is to get better while you wait. You know, a farmer 
doesn't hate the winter as much as you think he would. The winter for a farmer is maybe their slowest season. There's no seed in the ground. There's no harvest to be gathered up. But a farmer during the winter is changing the oil in his tractors. He's sharpening the blades on the things that cut. He's doing mechanical stuff on his equipment. He's preparing the silos. He's patching up holes and working on things in the barns. He is getting better while he waits. And what you and I should be doing as we're waiting is leaning into an education, making necessary provisions, acquiring what needs to be acquired. We don't wait until the spring to sharpen the blades and change the oil in the tractors because the spring's when we should be putting seed in the ground. Don't wait. Don't wait on the wedding to start hiring florists and photographers. Don't wait till your wedding day to figure out what dress you're going to wear. No, you get all of that months and months in advance. You get better while you wait. What are some areas in your life as you're waiting right now? Maybe you're waiting on your business to just kind of hit the tipping point and have more clients and more cash flow than ever before. What can you be doing right now in your business to make you better? I know that you're wanting to be in full-time ministry and you're You're being led by God to do big things. You have a big vision in your heart. But what are you doing to get better while you wait? Don't make the mistake of so many. And when the day comes where you should be springing into action and making moves because the appointed time has arrived, that's when you're going to actually start doing what should have been done during the waiting process. Get better while you wait. And then... If you really want to make sure that your waiting's never wasted and that what you're doing while you're waiting has the most impact, worship while you wait. I have found in my life that the greatest stress relief, the greatest way that I can lift anxiety off of my shoulders and that sense of impatience is just to worship Jesus. Get in His presence. You know, when you're in His presence, it's like time stands still. You lose all track of time. As you're worshiping Him, you're engaging with Him, you're coming near to Him, He's coming near to you, you're feeling His presence and power, you lose all track of time. And it's this beautiful opportunity to just enjoy Him, to enjoy how much He loves you, to enjoy the provision that He has for you. Worship while you wait. And then another thing that's important is don't hate while you wait. You know, some of you, you've got your teeth on edge. You're grinding your teeth and you're just short and impatient with everyone. You're snapping and you're angry. And if someone asks you how you're doing, you can't, you can't help but just vent how angry and frustrated you are at your current circumstances. You're hating while you're waiting. Don't do that. Instead... Focus on some of these other things. Focus on what is yet to come. Focus on the promise of God. Focus on the fact that He's trustworthy. He's never let you down. He's never going to let you down. And then last, expect God 
to move while you wait. Don't, don't think that God is asleep, that he's gone on vacation. Expect him to move. In fact, look for ways, look for how he is currently moving in your life. Because if you are waiting on him to move, well, you're missing out because he's already on the move. Expect him to move and be looking for the different areas and parts of your life where he's moving. It may not be in the area that you're wanting him to at this moment, but that does not mean that he's not active and involved in other parts of your life. Expect God to move. And then the last thing that Peter says there in this beautiful passage of scripture, he says, for Jesus always tenderly cares for you. And the fourth and final point that I want to leave with you is that Jesus is supporting you while you wait. He is supporting you with real, unimaginable love and care because he loves you. You're his child. You've got to understand that he's different than than anyone and everyone else in your life. Jesus, our heavenly father, our great God, He loves you. Not only is he getting involved in your life and encouraging you to cast your cares on him and and all of the things that we've already mentioned, but he is tenderly caring for you. Look at what it says in Isaiah chapter number 40. Isaiah 40 and verse number 10. It says, yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. But we already know that. We know that our God is all-powerful. We don't really have a problem understanding or grasping God's power. He's got power. We know that. He rules with a powerful arm. We know this. But now look at how the prophet describes our Heavenly Father. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. So he's already bringing your reward. That thing that you're waiting for, he's bringing it with him as he comes. The thing that you're needing most, desiring the greatest, he's bringing it with him as he comes. And then he says he'll feed his flock like a shepherd. He's going to carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. I want you to picture yourself in the arms of our God. You are close to his heart. That might be hard for you to grasp because maybe religion has painted God to be this aloof and uncaring monster. He's got you close to his heart. He's got his arms wrapped around you. And he's going to gently lead the mother sheep with their young. You know, there 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 is nothing in this world that is more vulnerable nor more precious than a new mother and an infant. Whether we're talking about The human experience or the animal kingdom, nothing more vulnerable, nothing more precious. And the prophet describes God as leading gently. These these new mothers, their infants, they're, they're young, gently leading them, carrying them if necessary, holding them close to his heart. And that is what he is doing with you in this very moment. You may feel like you can't make it another day. You may feel like that you don't know how you're going to survive the night, but his arms are wrapped around you. Peter said, for he always tenderly cares for you. Waiting's 
never wasted. And we know this because of what Peter tells us. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Pour out all of your worries and your stress upon him and leave them there, for he always tenderly cares for you. And I pray that that is initiative enough to make you just surrender your life today to God. Maybe you've been mad at him, angry at him, or just rebelling against him. You've gone your own way. You've done your own thing. But now's a chance to come home, come near to him. I know you're waiting. I know you don't like it. But get better while you wait. And the best way that we can get better is to just surrender our hearts and our lives completely to him. Let him have access to us. Let him work on the most innermost parts of your heart. Let him work on your fears. Let him work on your mind. Let him work on the person that you are. And if you will make today about getting better, about coming closer to Jesus, your tomorrow, when you finally achieve the breakthrough, when you finally embrace the reward, it can be better than you've ever dream. So let's pray together. Jesus, we surrender our hearts and lives to you. We want you to be the Lord and the leader of our life. We're choosing this day to serve you. Forgive us of our sins. Make us a brand new person. Forgive us for our past and change our future. We want what you want for our lives. We, we want to pursue your call, your vision, your purpose. Jesus, we want to go all in with you. So we ask that you would fill our hearts, fill our hearts today with your Holy Spirit so that we can be transformed. We cannot do it in our own power. We need the power of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, come in and abide in us completely without reservation. We hold nothing back. We love you and we thank you that waiting is never wasted. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.